everyone, and welcome to another episode of We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of As Told by Ginger once a week. Last time, we discussed about Dare I Darren, and we went more into the depths of would being a friend to somebody mean that eventually you end up with them being boyfriend and girlfriend. So this time around, we're going to be discussing about episode seven, which for many people is not only one of the best episodes of the series, but it may be the best. Yeah, this episode is so magical. It's just one of my favorite Nicktoon episodes ever, and I've been really um, excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm also really excited to talk about this one. I think it's one of the best, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about it, but we'll we'll get there. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? Alright, in this episode, number seven, Hello Stranger, it was written by the show creator Emily Kapnick and directed by Mark Risley. It aired on December 10th, 2000, and in this episode, Ginger receives a sixth grade graduation card from her father, and she invites him to a poem reading she's doing at school. While he never calls back, she assumes he'll come, and she's completely crushed when he doesn't. Meanwhile, in the B-plot, Lois accidentally drinks Carl's dehydrated snake potion that looked like lemonade, and she has to stay in the hospital. Carl accompanies her when he's bitten by a monkey, because of course he is, and he starts acting like one too. Yeah, so um, right before we continue our discussion of the podcast, we actually did this episode when we did the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast of my personal favorite As Told by Ginger episodes. And since then, because you guys have been watching more and more of the episodes as time went on, and you started getting more familiar with the other characters, how are you seeing this episode now, you know, since you saw it last time? Yeah, I feel like, to me, it definitely holds up, if anything, is stronger than the first time I saw it, but... Definitely, I understand why it was worth talking about before. It's It's got so many layers to it and so many feels in it as well. Yeah, we had a great discussion of this episode uh, in our, I believe, our first collaboration ever between the three of us. Yeah, well, technically it was, I invited you guys to my podcast when we did the How the Nicktoons Influence Entertainment in Three Original Nicktoons Month. So in a sense, it was like, you know, for the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast, it was our first collaboration together, and now here we are. Right. I couldn't remember the order of how it happened, but that's right. So, this episode, I ranked it very high on my, uh... Did I rank it number one, Ashley? In our New Year's Eve episode? Yeah, on our 2016 recap, I think I said it was my favorite episode. I can't remember for sure. I know mine was the Arnold Christmas one. This one might have been your favorite. I, this one, I think we switched... And it was my second favorite, your favorite. 
Right. So of our 85 episodes we discussed in 2016, this one was my absolute favorite. I just love it. Let's get into it. Ginger is sort of rhyming freestyle as she uh, is is walking to the mall to the ma- to get the mail. And uh, it's just kind of funny to see her in her element sort of uh, starting the creative process. It's really cool to see her sort of this side of her. And I, I like that it's as a show sort of encourages those, you know, things like writing poetry and getting your emotions out there and stuff. And encouraging art is always, I think, a good thing. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we have Ginger walking home from school trying to think of the next poem. And while she's checking the mail, uh, Carl rushes to her immediately and asks for his dehydrated sea snake potion that he ordered. And... He is planning on having this for show and tell because it's pet day and they don't have a pet. So they want to make a sea snake so they can present it in class to beat off Brandon's pet monkey, which we actually discussed about in the previous episode in which, you know, when Brandon and Carl make the bet on who's going to be the most famous throughout the weekend, we learn a little bit about, um, you know, his older brother's pet monkey. And so now this is the first time that we actually see the monkey. So they want to use the snake to beat off the monkey and, you know, Hoodsy's really excited about it. Carl's really excited about it. And, um, yeah, this is like the best thing for them, for them to have this, you know, dehydrated sea snake potion so they can be able to use it for pet day. Because why not? <laughs> their, their antics. This might be the, the, the wildest antic. Oh, the, the lice circus is up there too. And we have one coming up next week that's pretty wild as well. Yeah, it's very them, <laughs> to put it short. I think it's pretty early in that uh, Lois ends up drinking it, thinking that it's lemonade. And it's her that has the weird trippy dream, right? Mm-hmm. Probably even weirder than Ginger's dream from our last episode. Just bizarre. When Ginger finds out that the letter that she had received was from her father... Darren is kind of skeptical about it because he knows that Ginger's father wasn't around in their lives. He has been known for um, not showing up in situations, not calling, and with the letter coming in, which is actually a graduation card wishing her a happy graduation, I mean, it's a few months late. Uh, we can even see that, you know, it was last June that they graduated and it's already fall. So this was like from months ago. And Ginger reads more into the letter about how her father is very sorry that he wasn't around during their lives and he wants to be a part of it more. He leaves a phone number and Ginger is kind of slowly trusting that maybe he's willing to change. While Darren, on the other hand, isn't really as convinced. Yeah, and I think this is the first real discussion we've had. I think up until this point, he's just kind of not been there, maybe referenced, but definitely not talked about uh, Ginger's dad. And I think, again, this is this is one of those setups, the dealing with a divorced household in a very real, very non-lecturish way is a really cool thing. And I, I think, too, the way that we see Ginger try to, you know, she gets really excited about this and... I think the hesitation we see between her and Darren and how he's trying to be a good friend and wants to be encouraging, but also doesn't want to say like, yeah, your dad's going to be there for sure because he's totally there for you now because he doesn't want to watch her get hurt again. And I just, I think it shows their friendship in a really great light. It does. And he's sort of her voice of reason in this episode. And I think he's right. And he, he ends up being right, obviously. And, uh, 
it's good that she has his input in this very tricky situation. Yeah, Derek could have easily said, oh, well, your father has left you his phone number. Well, that clearly means that he's going to be more part of your lives now. Because Ginger has been going through this for so long, I guess because, you know, him and Ginger have a close relationship with one another, he is really honest with Ginger saying, you know, you have to be careful that your dad doesn't snuff you again just like he has in the past. And, you know, he could have clearly lied to her, but no, he was being really honest with her. And Ginger wants to give her father another chance. We even see her struggling with trying to say the right words to talk to her father when she wants to call him on the phone. And it's such a real thing, too, because, you know, she doesn't know what to say. And she even looks into a family album. And the only thing she sees of her father is his leg. And that's basically a perfect example on how much of a restraining relationship that her father was to their lives. Pretty much never around. And it's really strong because with Nickelodeon shows back in the day, the mother was either non-existent to what the plot demanded or dead. Or it was like the stereotypical dumb mom or dad. Uh, but it's in that case in which, you know, now we have a instance in which the family is divorced and we get to see the struggles of it. There have been other Nicktoons in which it has insinuated that the family is divorced, but it wasn't played as real as what happened in as told by Ginger. Yeah, and I think real is a word that I will always go back to with this show and the way they portray everything. It just is. It's very good at taking real situations and talking about them in a way that you feel like these are real characters. And like I said, divorce is always a difficult topic to talk about, and I think they deal with it as well as they could. Yeah, it's just a brutal situation. And the poem itself is so relevant to the situation, too. It all pieces together so brilliantly, and that's what I love about this episode, that the, her, the, the art in her life is mirroring what's actually going on in her family life, and that's very painful, but also beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so now we cut into the scene in which Carl finds out that his that Lois drank the dehydrated sea snake potion, and he becomes really, really upset. He starts kind of crying and bawling and, well, not with tears, but he becomes really upset and even begs Lois to order another dehydrated sea snake and deliver it overnight, but... She completely says no, and she even bans any creatures that has to be prepared via incubation because now she's starting to feel queasy from drinking the, the, the sea snake potion. Then later on in the episode, it becomes so severe that her stomach is still bothering her, and she's wondering if maybe the sea snake is actually growing inside her, and she ends up being hospitalized. So... You know, then we have that little situation going on. And so we cut into Carl and um, they have nothing for for the pet show. And we see Brandon basically kissing up to Mrs. Gordon about his pet monkey. And everybody's like really impressed with it. I just want to point out that one of the kids in the classroom brought a flamingo. How come nobody's talking about the flamingo? <laughs> That's pretty incredible, honestly. Is that even... Like, are those even obtainable as pets, honestly? I don't have a clue. I mean, unless unless it was like an illegal exotic pet store, or if you were from Florida and you just so happened to grab a a flamingo and find a way to raise it, 
I have no clue. Can you raise a, a flamingo? I mean, I know people have had pets like ferrets and a whole bunch of other creatures, but a flamingo, that is amazing. Yeah, they're pretty big, too. They're, you know, I feel like they'd be fairly high maintenance. Anyway, and Mrs. Gordon is so impressed with the monkey, the fact that it blows a kiss and that it's really cute, but seriously, why no flamingo love? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So we have Carl bothering Mr. Licorice. He basically pushes him around, and we don't even have a scene with this, but he actually bites Carl, and he slowly turns into a monkey. So in this, in, as told by Ginger's case, monkey nucleosis is a real thing. Yeah, I think he's playing it up a little bit, perhaps. As he tends to do, yeah. But yeah, he ends up in the hospital along with his mom there for his concerns. And coming up, actually, next episode, not monkey, but we'll see another animal antic of, of Carl's. So Ginger finds out from Darren that both Lois and Carl are in the hospital. And she starts getting a little bit disappointed, but then she starts getting a little bit more excited because she called her dad and she left a message on his phone saying that she's going to invite him over to the um, the fall festival. And Darren is kind of really shocked by this. It's like, is he really going to show up? And she's really pushing. It's like, yes, Darren, he's going to show up. And yeah, I mean, with, with Darren, he's kind of shocked by this and he actually leaves Ginger alone, he even leaves her his apple, which is really cute, especially with the scene in which he tells him to start him off because of his headgear. So, um, yeah, with, I mean, this again shows how really, really supportive Darren is for Ginger and that, you know, even though he, you know, Ginger says that his father is going, that her father's going to show up, he's still not very certain and he doesn't want her feelings to get hurt if it didn't happen that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's so tragic. And can we get into the actual poem now, or is that jumping ahead too much? I just want to get there. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing yeah. much we can say afterwards. Yeah, right. the The poem is so good, especially for a, a middle schooler. It just speaks to her situation so much. I unfortunately don't have any quotes from it. I wish I had some. Do you Do you remember any key lines? I actually do remember the poem from heart. Wow. <laughs> I've watched this show so many times that, yes, I do remember the Hello Stranger poem from heart. So let me read it to you right now. So Amazing. We cut into the auditorium where the arts fair is happening. Um, so Courtney presents that she's painting a picture and she says, This painting is worth $13,000, a Grippling exclusive. And seriously, $13,000 painted by a middle schooler? I know that some people pay <laughs> over a million dollars for an elephant to paint it, but that's pushing it too much. Okay, so Mazorsky gives the announcement saying, We like to close the arts festival with a poem by a very talented seventh grader. And... Then Ginger comes into the stage and she smiles and she looks a little bit nervous. And then she reads her poem saying, this is a poem from, for someone special. It's called Hello, Stranger. Hello, Stranger. You came just in time. I see your face in a crowd or in a line. Hello, Stranger. Not a moment too soon. See, that old picture is fading in the drawer of my room. Now, toys have gone lost. Baby teeth have come loose. There were accidents involving... Stitches, spill juice, report cards were shown, and one time I got sick, but it isn't anything that I can't catch you up with real quick. Hello, stranger, I saved you a place, and it hardly seems strange. 
now that I've seen your face. And we just have her looking so sad when she finds uh, out that her father never showed up. Oh, and it coincides so well with the tone, with the hopeful tone of the poem, and you see it take a turn for the worse, and she has to finish reading it. Oh, it's so tragic, and the poem is so good. I love the bit about nothing I, nothing I couldn't catch you up on real quick. Like, she's so ready to have him back in her life, even though he's missed so many things. Yeah, it, it does such a good job of covering all of, like you said, all the things like the baby teeth, like you've missed... You've missed all of this, but it's okay. Like, I'm willing to to fill you in on what's there, but he's not around. And you feel that pain. It's, it's such a well-done moment. And we also then get this touching moment. We found out that, uh, I think a little bit earlier, but Lois sent flowers and said to put a card in it from uh, her dad. And Ginger gets them, reads the note, and then immediately after calls her mom and says, thanks for the flowers. And it's such an amazing, amazing relationship they have where they both get each other that she knows that her mom would call to give her the flowers. She knows that, and her mom, you know, knows that she's trying to cheer her up and tries not to take credit for everything. It's, it's so good. It's so beautiful, yeah, that she is okay with her mom lying and actually respects her for it because she's just trying to help. It's 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 so magical. Yeah, I've, and as mentioned in the last podcast before, but this episode, according to Emily Kapnick uh, on Twitter, when some when a fan posted that there was going to be reruns on the Splat, she said, "Thank you." She said that you know, in her opinion, is her personal favorite episode because she went through the same thing. So she um, also was raised by a single parent, and un- but uh, however, unlike Ginger, she actually you know she actually you know switched in between with her mother and father, and you know you get to see more of the father's perspective if you ever watch Suburgatory, in which the main character Tessa is raised by a single dad. So, but. And, you know, for the most part, she was raised by a single mom and her sister. And Emily went through the same thing when she had to raise her son by herself. So I guess even still to this day, when talking about Hello Stranger, it still has a special place in her heart. And it's uh, and also uh, I want to thank somebody who shared this um, article from w- with me because um, apparently a few months ago when um, as Toba Ginger was celebrating the 10th anniversary of the final episode, Emily Kapnick was uh, was interviewed uh, by Entertainment Weekly and she was talking about how much of an impact that Hello Stranger was for her when she was writing it. Here it is. A lot of Ginger's stories were borrowed from my childhood and the childhoods of the people working on the show. I identified with her a lot. It was a personal show and Nickelodeon let it be that. And let me just read to you about what she said about Hello Strangers. Okay, so the question from Entertainment Weekly was, do you have any favorite episodes? And she said, I would have to say that I love Hello Stranger. That was the first one we got an Emmy nomination for. We wound up having three Emmy nominations. It's remarkable because there were primetime Emmy nominations. We were up against shows like The Simpsons. People were like, what is As Told by Ginger? No one had even heard of it. And then she talks about another episode that was her all-time favorite besides Hello Stranger, but we'll get to that much later on. Yeah, I think it truly shows that this is something that has so much real emotion, and I think you can tell that it is something from real people's stories because it reads 
as real emotions. And I could imagine that having grown up in a similar situation, writing something like that would open up sort of old wounds, but also probably help provide a little bit of closure in some ways. So really cool to hear that she, you know, holds this as close as it feels like she would. Um, I don't even know that we need to officially declare it, but just just in case, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode a very, very strong yay. I obviously give this one uh, the biggest nay so far. Um, no, I'm just kidding, obviously. It's, uh... <laughs> uh Pant gave you guys hopefully a little scare for a second, but I, I just adore this episode. It's the easiest yay I've ever given on this show. I will definitely give this one the biggest yay as well. For anybody who has seen my Top 15 as Told by Ginger episodes, you know how much this episode means a lot to me. So this episode does not deserve anything higher than a yay. All right. Yeah, that sums up pretty much everything about these episodes. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. We've been having so much fun. Tune in next week, and we will be discussing episode eight, entitled Cry Wolf. (laughs) 